The following production is brought to you by the Talkin' Buds Leave Show. Talkin' Buds Leave Show post Christmas edition end of 2022 edition this will be our last show of 2022 and boy what a year it's been what was great about this year mm, what, are we, what are we thankful for about this season? i was gonna save this till the very end you didn't know i was gonna ask you this but screw it let's do it right now no you start I'm sick oh, of you asking me the questions all right it's my turn you're, as you're question. sick of getting put on the spot by me you answer it what if looking back on 2022 including last season this season where where are you at that's an easy answer to me to me the the biggest toronto may believe related story of the year without question is austin matthews breaking the single season franchise goal record and winning the heart trophy yeah, I mean, think about all the amazing players that have played for this franchise, and it took that long for another Maple Leaf to win the Hart Trophy. Yeah. Epic. It is epic. And, like, there's a lot of things you could really point at. Like, I think, you know, if you want to talk about the the playoff loss to the Lightning, like, like Sam McKee said it when we had him on a couple of weeks ago, it, it's, it wasn't the type of thing, you know, we had such a bad taste in our mouth from the year before with the loss to the Habs. And while the Lightning series loss was devastating and painful, I don't think anyone walked away from that. Like, oh, they should have, like, they they really screwed that up. It was like, no, no, that was paper thin, could have gone either way. Yeah, it was just a, it was just too bad what happened years prior. I think that's that's where most people are at. But overall, I mean, this team just keeps chugging away, man. Like they're just, no matter what's thrown their way every year, they're in the mix every year. They're one of the best teams in their division. Um, in the later latter half of 2022, they're the, in the top five in the league. So it's just, they just keep chugging away, man. There's really not a lot of, like, if you really think about it, like just take, take yourself out of the day to day drama. They're, like, really there's like, what can you really it's complain positive about? Positive all yeah. around, really. Like, well, you, just... you, I'll tell you what you can complain about. If you're if you're like us and you do a leaf show, them being good is horrible for business. Yeah, but I mean, like, I'm not I'm not gonna cry. I'm not gonna come up here and and drum up fake negative narratives because it's better for business. No, um, I'm sure someone will watch this and be like, "How how did you not mention this for 2022?" But I was like trying to like rack my brain before we got on here, like. I think Kyle Dubas rolling the dice on the goaltending is a big story for the year. Like basically getting away from Jack Campbell and going with Matt Murray and Elias Amsonov was one of the bigger stories of the year. Guy got chirped all off season for it by a lot of the fan base. Uh, like that's one thing that I'm proud to say you and I did not take part in was the chirping of the, we weren't on it at all. We were kind of like, okay, we'll wait and see. Could be a disaster, but I wasn't crying. What else are they going to do? Yeah, I wasn't crying. And overall, I think they're, they look better in net in terms of depth than they ever have before, really, even going back to Freddie Anderson. Can I give you my underrated story of 2022? 
at the trade deadline last year, Kyle Dubas went out and got Mark Giordano. And at the time, I think the fan base looked at it as, okay, great veteran guy. He's, he's a rental. He's going to come in here. He's going to, he's adding some experience to the blue line. He's an older guy, but he still plays upwards of 20 minutes a night. Nice addition to the blue line. I don't think they knew. And I don't think any of us knew or could go on to predict what a huge piece Mark Giordano has become to this Maple Leaf team. Like he's, he's, he's like a, he basically took over where Spezza left off being like the, the veteran leader of the room with the injuries they've had on defense so far this season, he's been Keith's number one horse. I, I just think like at the time when they made the deal, I think we were all like, okay, great. Like a veteran experienced guy, former Norris trophy winner. Perfect. We'll, we'll need him for the playoff run. I don't think any of us saw, no, he's going to sign a two year extension at like minimal salary. And he's going to become like a, he's basically going to replace Jason Spezza as the veteran leader of this team. Well, that's the key right there is they got more out of it than just a quarter of a season like that. That's where it was. Every, every other piece they picked up that was a veteran presence at the deadline over the past couple seasons never yeah, so he's returned. just turned. He's just above. I, I wanted to say eight, 800. I wanted to double check though, because league minimum is seven fifty. but like, yeah, guys playing for guys, guys logging huge minutes as their number one defenseman for $800,000. Incredible. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, if you're really following in Jason Spezza's footsteps, there's, there might be an opportunity post career for you. If you keep uh, going the same way, how he much did. do you think that factors in? Like, and I'm being serious. Like how much do these guys like, you know, Geo's from here. He, he, he wanted to come back here. I think it works. I think, you know, he, he was the captain of the Calgary flames. He won a Norris trophy there not from Calgary, but I think, you know, if you're a Canadian guy playing on a Canadian team, you can kind of figure your way out. But like, he he goes to Seattle. I'm sure him and his family, nothing against Seattle, but it's an expansion franchise. I'm sure he and his family, when that happened, were like, like now we got to go, now we got to go live in Seattle. That's, and then he gets the opportunity to come here, come home. And yeah, you know what? I'll take a haircut for two years to play here one because it's better for my family and two because for all intents and purposes like you've seen how this team takes care of the legend guys who never won anything and i mean that with all the love in the world never won anything are immortals in this city like they really are yeah i mean you gotta take <laughs> it's it's true i i think it all depends on like where you are in your career, I guess. Like, it's just like, he's an older guy and his priority was just maybe finally settling down in the place he really wants to live. And, and when you play for this hockey team, I always kind of laugh at the Leafs being cup contenders, but it's not like you're, you're coming here and playing on an awful team. Like you're going to, you, you have a chance every time you play here, but like the, if they can find a way, which they have to capitalize on, on guys like Giordano, who, we're in a situation where it's my career is coming to an end. I want to settle down in Toronto, obviously with my family and taking, he's already made, I mean, a pretty good salary in the NHL over his entire career. So I don't know, like just taking advantage of that situation of him wanting to be in Toronto and him actually being an effective player. That's that's money. 
Yeah. Plus, there might be a nice little job for you after. And sponsorship deals. Yeah. I mean, like the guys on the radio joke about that all the time about how, like, Ilya Mikheyev said, like, a throwaway comment one time about liking soup. And then he gets a <laughs> Campbell's soup sponsorship. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's been great. I think, I think you're right. That, that is a good story of yeah, 2022. Super underrated. Yeah. Um, so, since we last spoke, Maple Leafs pick up a thrilling 5 4 OT victory over the St. Louis Blues. A few points I want to throw at you about this game. First one is I saw Elias Samsonov taking some heat on Twitter last night. Wasn't his best game. The prior game against Philly, he, he, to his own acknowledgement, wasn't his best game. Where are you at on that? Because with me, do I think it was his best game? No, I don't. Do I think that it wasn't their best game defensively in a few weeks? Yes. I think they gave up a lot of quality chances in the middle of the ice in their own zone and hung them out to dry a couple times. Yes. Two or three of those five goals I'm sure he'd like to have back. But I don't think... Like, I think anyone who's who's freaking out about Elias Sam's, oh, he's coming back down to earth. Here he comes. It's the same thing he did last year with Washington. Pump the brakes. Pump the brakes. There's so many different ways to look at this. Um, he was playing out of his mind. Like we always say when this team's going good, when they're going bad, it's somewhere in the middle. So he he's regressing to where he he probably is going to end up in terms of numbers. But also, I heard Freeman saying after the game and. He battled, man. Like, it's like he didn't have his best game. I thought they gave up, like you said, a lot of quality chances. He had to make a lot of great saves. Yeah, like, for all the talk lately about team defense, I don't think la- I don't think it was that good last... Yeah, which like, is fine. It's, it's a game after Christmas. We, I, I, I feel like once Justin Hole scored, I was like, okay, this game might be a bit of a, a shit show. But, I mean, I... I I get why people are like, oh, here we go, whatever. They they just kind of want to see the, them come crashing down in a weird way. But it's, I thought he battled hard. I thought when you're in a game like that, like your goalie's not going to be good every single game. He has been playing out of his mind. He had to come back down to earth, but he made a lot of key saves and key moments. And when you walk away with that big W, the hell does it matter anyways? Like really, like who, who why, why does, what does it matter? I thought the Washington game was concerning. But the Philly game, it's like the guy was bored in his own net the entire game because the Leafs had the puck the whole time. And then, like, it, whatever. He, he battled hard. He got a W in St. Louis. Like, get over it. Who cares? And you know what I like, too? I like how the, the the narrative going into the game was he was, like, begging for this start. Like, for all the people who were chirping him about him being nervous against Washington, that that that's a way to show you got some nuts when you're going begging for another start because you want to get back on track. Isn't that what you want? Also, I have a, I have a second part to add to this conversation. I think, I think part of the reason why he he asked to go in again is because I think he's hyper aware of his own performance, and the reason why is because I think the organization, and you've heard Kiprio say this on the radio a couple times. Matt Murray's the guy. Like like if you if you look at. If, if you were to give Keith and Dubas some truth serum, they would tell you if you're going into game seven of a playoff series tomorrow, who's going in net? Both of them would say Matt Murray. And I think Samsonov probably in the back of his mind knows that. So he wants to make sure he has every opportunity 
to put the seed of doubt as he should. And which is, and I'm sure both Dubas and Keith would be like, hell yeah, man, do that. Like to put the seed of doubt in everyone's mind to be like, no, are you sure? Are you sure you want Matt Murray to be the guy when puck drops on game one at home against Tampa in April? I think the priority is having Matt Murray play as least amount of games as possible. Like I, I don't, if you look back on his NHL career, he, he was never a regular season stud. Marc-Andre Fleury carried that those Penguin teams to the playoffs pretty much every single year. And then once the playoffs started, Marc-Andre Fleury did his Marc-Andre Fleury thing and got a little shaky. And then Matt Murray took over and won the cup. So like, it, to me, it's like any chance they can get to, which I also want to talk about with some other players, any any chance they can get to load manage Matt Murray, I think they're going to take it. But I agree with you. I think game one of the playoffs, Matt Murray is, is the guy. Moral of the story, everybody settle down. About, Shut up. Yeah. Anyone who was chirping about him being nervous dude, these, Washington should be giving him praise dude, over I'm the done. fact that he wanted, the, he wanted the net right after the break. Dude, I'm done. I'm done with, with people like, and, and their sports hot takes. Like, not to get off on a sign tangent here, but the poor kid whose whose name escapes me because I'm honestly not paying that close attention. Who started in goal for Canada and gave up five to Czechia? I was like, and, and people, OTA yeah, or yeah, yeah, yeah. And people remember. are carving him online, and it's like, guys, he's the a kid. teenage kid in a tournament that doesn't matter. I don't care what everyone who works for TSN tells you. The tournament matters. It doesn't matter at all. Let the like. I'm not saying don't watch it. Watch it. Enjoy yourself, 100. percent But like, let's let's all take a breath before we're gonna start attacking some teenage kid who's super nervous, probably in an international game. Like everybody, just relax, man. Like I saw that the other end. I'm like, guys, this, he's a teenager. Like, good lord, people are psychotic when it comes to this stuff. Yeah, I, I don't even want to give my take on that whole tournament. So let's let's just move on. Let me, let me ask you, let me ask you that what I just said, like, oh, okay, like here, here's going in after the break, I'm watching the game against St. Louis and, and what I want for this team, I want this team to win so badly. I want them to win a playoff series so badly. And so does a lot of people in the fan base, but going in to this like next part of the season, like I want to see them crush teams. Like I want to see them steamroll teams. I want them to keep up with the Bruins. I want them to keep proving people wrong and, and getting people excited for the playoffs and, and and get people feeling positive that they can actually do something. But at the same time, do you also use the regular season as kind of like, like they're making the playoffs. Like they, they already have it locked up. Like whether they have home ice or they don't, they have a pretty good cushion right now. Like, do you focus on just playing your best hockey in crushing teams, which I would love to see? Or do you also kind of think oh, about hold on, hold what's on, happening hold in April? Hold on. Are you talking about peaking too early? No, I'm not talking about peaking too early. I'm talking about we've watched games together and you have said, which I which I think is a good idea, that a guy like John Tavares needs some load management. So instead of going hard for the rest of the season, trying to get the most amount of points or whatever, you know that you have a playoff spot pretty much locked up already. So do you kind of, 
Like when Johnny needs a night off, like do you do you give him a night off? Do you give guys a night off? Like do you, uh, okay. do you prioritize kind of getting guys ready for April other than just pushing to the absolute limit to have the best regular season as he possibly can? Okay, two part answer from me. One, I think I think if if I would consider it. I don't think they're going to consider it until you start getting into Feb and March. Like, I think once you start getting closer to the, and if there is a, a wide enough cushion and you start getting closer to the start of the playoffs, I can see them considering it. Number two, I think this conversation needs to only apply to certain guys. Like, I think if you want to look, and let's just say it, like some of the older guys on the team, Mark Giordano, um, who's uh, who, again, early in the season, is playing huge minutes for you with with Morgan Riley injured. Yeah, you have Sandine Riley both skating right now. They come back in the lineup. Yes. Do you consider giving him a night off? A here night off. Yeah, or the second night of a back-to-back off. John Tavares, same thing. Johnny, and I bet you both those guys if, wouldn't do it. No, they'd be like, hell no, we yeah. don't want to come out. But I just think, yeah, I, you know what? I, I would entertain it. Like, if I would sit them down and say, listen, like, we, like, John Tavares, we, we lost you to an injury, and I know it was a freak injury. It had nothing to do with him being tired, but like we lost you to a freak injury in the series against the Habs. Like we don't, we don't want, you need to be like, you got a nice goal for them against St. Louis. Like we need you to do that. And we need you to have enough gas in the tank to be able to do that in the playoffs. Mark Giordano, like you, you, we need you to play this big of a role for us come playoff time. So I do think it's a conversation they should at least entertain. I don't think they're going to have it until, February, March. Yeah, I don't really see it being their style, to be honest. But but I just think, like, you look at all these other, like, you look at Tampa. Like, they gave Kucherov a whole year off. He comes back. They win the cup. You look at in the NBA right now. Like, look at where the Golden State Warriors are in in the standings. Like, they're they're not even in the the playing round. But guess what? They're going to get in there, and they're going to be rested. And they're going to, like, you know, like, it's... Yeah, I mean, if you look at the same time, I don't want them to ruin this role they're on because they're really... This is literally the best they've ever played. Like since, like you said, since they this whole era started. Um, what's left to say about William Nylander? I, I was I was oh debating. I was. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't. I watched that goal, and I don't want to make the audio listeners feel bad. But if you William Nylander walked off the ice. With the biggest nutsack you've ever seen in your life, man. This guy, like, he just stripped. He didn't strip some bum. He stripped Vladimir Tarasenko, a guy who is admits trade talks because the Blues cannot re-sign him. And his name's been thrown around. And obviously in this city on the radio, everyone's bored out of their mind. So they come up with names that the Leafs could get. And his name has been floated. His teammate O'Reilly has been floated. And then William Nylander just the nutsack on that guy to yeah. completely strip him out of the puck. And then and roof just, it on Jordan Bennington. Dust yeah. him and yeah. then just make Jordan Bennington, who's the biggest idiot goalie in the NHL, look like a complete idiot. Like that was it was incredible. Is that that season in a nutshell? He's been he's like, is been that, is that so I I wanted I was debating whether I wanted to throw this out there because I I knew like you might you might get annoyed some of the people watching might get annoyed. So like Kipper Kiprios got himself into some hot water with a segment of the fan base a couple weeks ago when he wrote a piece in the Toronto Star about how William Nylander is pricing himself off the Toronto Maple Leafs because his deal is up the same time Matthew's deal is. And on the one hand, 
I get people's frustration with that. It's like, can we just enjoy this guy having a career season? If this team is ever going to go on a deep playoff run, William Nylander was always going to have to be a major factor in that. Um, but on the other hand, it's like, he's he's 6.9 million. He's playing like a $10 million hockey player right now. Robbie's the best t- player on their hockey team. Yes, right now. and has been since the season started. Like he like that. That was just like that was like it's like he he just grew up right in front of our eyes. Like it's just he hit twenty six years of age and he just decided he's gonna be a like that was a man play. Yeah. Like he just made one of the best, most skilled players in the NHL look like a little bitch <laughs> and just stripped the puck, blew by him, and it's like. I love TJ Brody, but when TJ Brody went on that penalty shot, it's like when, when you're a D and you don't and you don't have the hand, like just shoot the puck. I'm confused. Does he have to take the penalty shot? Yes. Yeah, because he yeah. got hauled to the ice. But but it's but it's like when you're a D going in like that, it's like shoot the puck. Don't try to deke it. But like when William Nylander's going in on that break, like I there wasn't an ounce of doubt in my mind. He was scoring. Like it was just that was that was arguably my favorite play of the entire season like that was unbelievable there were people ourselves included who for years were like he's a trade piece he's he's the guy they're moving he i'm not moving he's untouchable i'm not you're not you're not taking him and he was at the time him nylander matthews and bunting are a tidal wave in the offensive zone yeah, they're unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. That line is a joy to watch so every single night. I don't I don't want to get into the discussion about William Nylander's next contract. You and I swore off contract talk this year. We're going to enjoy the guy's career season, and we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. The only reason why I bring it up is because he's getting paid $6.9 million and is playing like a $10 million hockey player. Right? Well, it to me, I, I look at it this way. It's Tampa Bay has gone through the same thing. Like they've had to let go of a lot of key pieces on those teams, but guess what? They got it done. Like if they could somehow find a way to get something done, then it's worth, then it's worth well, it. Like somebody, somebody point, watching this is looking at you talking about how Florida has no state income tax and guys will take it. I don't yeah, care yeah. about that, but it's just like it, it the problem with this team, it's like they've done, they have, they've gotten nothing done. So it's this year, if they get something done, then it's like mission accomplished. And then you worry about the contracts later. It's true. If they, yeah, if they go on, if they go on a deep run or win a cup, it's like you, you're just kind of like, it's like the LA Rams. Like you got to get something out. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like the yeah. perfect example. Yeah. Like the LA Rams are te- now they're, they're ravaged with injuries, but they're a terrible football team. But does anyone care? They won their Super yeah, Bowl exactly. last year. Yeah. It's like, it buys you some time and some and some some time with the fan base to come make just tough decisions. Like I don't know, like they just have to do something, and then we'll all feel better about it. We're all scared because it's we're scared of this window closing because nothing's happened really happened in this window other than incredible regular season success. You go on a run, it, it's different. It's different after that. So I mean, this year, like. I I want them to win so bad and they look so good and they they're like they're second in the league in goals against per game like they've just they've went out and fixed everything they've had to fix they've had 
players have seasons. Like Austin Matthews not even having his best season. And look how good they're doing because Nylander's stepping up. Bunting is just as good as he was last year. Marner went on a point Marner, streak. Marner is literally uh, in the conversation for the hard trophy. Like he's unbelievable. Like Mike And Bunting, he's revitalized like, Tavares. Like Tavares has played well, but... Marner is such a huge piece of John Tavares' success. And, and then you're watching the St. Louis game, and, like, Alex Kerfoot's having the game of his life. What about me texting you and saying they need another forward and someone with some scoring touch, not another Yarncroc or Kerfoot, and then the next shift, Yarncroc and Kerfoot go out and tag team on a shorty together. And yeah, I'm like, like that, that I'll line, see myself out. That third line looked really good, like, Justin Hole's playing better. Like, their defense, like, uh, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. He is playing better, but he, there was a few moments last night where it was yeah, like, had, yeah. my God, Justin Hole. And, but like, Sandine and Lilligren have finally matured to the point where they're like legit in the lineup. Yeah, they're legit. Like, this is it. Like, this, I'm just watching the St. Louis game. I'm like, I want this team to succeed so badly. I'm so tired of ragging on them. I'm so tired of all the idiots in our comments, ragging on us about being positive towards the team. I just want to see them stick the middle finger in everybody's face. Well, so bad. Well, the idiot, the idiots are the trolls. My favorite is, um, my favorite is people who comment on our TikToks and they're like first round exit. It's like, yeah, I know we get yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Good for you. Um, here's a random question for you. Does it make you as angry as it makes me that when I see like a projection, it's it's mostly in the U.S. media that Sheldon Keefe's name is nowhere to be found in the Jack Adams conversation. I I've just become accustomed to the Jack Adams Award being for the coach that revitalizes a, team, a crappy yes. team. Like that's kind of where that award is gone. That's why everyone's all hot and bothered by uh, Jim Montgomery. Here's another thing that I'm proud of. I never hopped on the Sheldon Keefe hate train ever. And dude, look at this guy's numbers. Like, what what was the stat they pulled up the other night? He has the most wins in his first, like, 200 games. Like, he's, like, one of the most winningest coaches in the regular season since he's taken over this team. And, like... We're just ready to burn him at the stake every time something bad happens. And we're talking to, like, we're talking injuries off the top. And, like, look at all we've been saying for since the beginning of November is, wow, look at this team's commitment to team defense. And they've literally done that without their best defenseman. And while both goalies have looked really good and played out of their minds, it it's largely because the team is playing so well in front of them. And it wasn't in, do you think it was an easy job with this group they no, had? No. Do you think it was an easy job to, to walk in that dressing room and, and tell these players who weren't defensive minded to play defensive minded? Like it took, it's almost taken years and years and years of failure for this to finally click. It's well, that's part of it too. Like not to take anything away from Sheldon Keefe. That's not what I'm trying to do at all. But I think everyone in that room as a collective looks around at each other and goes, we got to get this done this year. We can't, this can't happen again. We cannot lose in the first round again. And I think they're all like, okay, we, if if we play well in the defensive zone, we can still get our cookies offensively. And you see that that's exactly what's happening. And this sounds kind of ridiculous. 
but this is the way the NHL is. Like, these guys aren't 20 years old anymore. No, no. Like, William Nylander's 26. Like, Morgan Riley's 28. Matthews is 25. Marner's 25. Johnny's in his third. Like, you know, like, it's... It's kind of t- it's time to do something here. Like we've we've had years to mature. We've had a lot of experiences. Like like let's oh I want them to get it done so badly. It's not even funny. Like I want it so bad. I just want them to flip everybody off so bad. Oh well, they sure continue to play like a team that has a very good chance to get that done. I hope so. I really hope so. Let's hope twenty twenty three is the year where it finally comes true and <laughs> the Leafs advance to the second round of the postseason. Next stop, Mullet Arena. Yeah. yeah. I'm actually excited to watch that. Yeah. They always go in there and suck, too. <laughs> Every year, no matter what roster, they <sighs> go into that state and that city, and they get smashed for some reason. Apparently, Mullet Arena is, like, pretty wild because it's on, like, a university campus. Yeah. Like, apparently, apparently... Apparently, it's a time going to Mullet Arena. Well, hey, great name. It is a great name. Ryan, that's going to do it for the Talking Buds Leaf show in 2022. As I just said, let's hope for the best in 2023. Um, 2022 was a huge year for our, our channel, um, subscriber-wise and growth-wise. Thank you so much to everyone who who joined in. Like I said, even if you want to get in the comments and rip us, we'll love you for it anyway. Um, it's, we, we just really appreciate it. It's fun. Yeah, it is. It's nice. It's nice. It's been a good year and it's time for an even better 2023. If this is your first time watching us, thank you so much for checking us out. If you like what you see, spread the word, tell your friends. We really appreciate it. And we will see everyone in 2023. Do, did, Will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.